Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. My name is Emma Foster, and joining me as always is my friend in the north, Mr. Michael Mould. How are you, sir? Spoon. Spoon. Subtly flips you off. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? I honestly didn't catch that the first time I watched it. Neither did I, actually. And then it was until, you know, many a Tumblr gif came pouring full from the internet. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, Peter Capaldi, you naughty little scamp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I must say, I've got to immediately put my hands up and give a mea culpa for this episode. Because mm-hmm. I remember last week, um, I was a bit concerned about this one. Yeah. Um, and it turned out I actually <laughs> I actually enjoyed this one a lot, I must say. Oh, yeah, this this was a lot of fun. I mean, that's, yes. that's, that's basically, that's all... That's the most we can say about it. It's just fun. It's nothing, you know, nothing that adds too much to like the series overall. But it's just a no. just a lark, really. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, no. it's nice that we've got a uh, a return to the episode three historical, hmm. a sort of semi tradition that kind of died out uh, during the Matt Smith era. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's back with a vengeance. And um, as soon as this episode started, I was like, oh, okay, we've just gone full panto with this. Then yeah. Yeah, full pantomime, <laughs> and um, I was thinking when I was thinking about this earlier again, mm. um, I was thinking, how am I going to explain the concept of British pantomime to someone who doesn't isn't from here, and I'm not uh, sure how to do it. <laughs> okay. um, uh, well, um, it's... <laughs> um, so basically, there's a, a tradition around Christmas time that you will, not necessarily adults, but definitely children Mm -hmm. and adults of a certain age or, you know, um, will go and watch a play. Yeah. And traditionally, this play will be based on a fairy tale Mm -hmm. and it will have lots of audience interaction Mm -hmm. and C-list celebrities of the day, Mm -hmm. especially if you live somewhere in a big town, Mm -hmm. and that most towns will have a pantomime as we call them or a panto mm-hmm. and um it involved i say lots of lots of audience participation lots of dressing up lots of being silly um lots of blokes dressed as ugly women mm-hmm. um that's basically it so yeah. i would say if there's a best doctor who representation of a pantomime mm-hmm. this is it yes obviously minus the uh, audience participation yeah. and probably the men in drag <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was waiting for an, oh, yes, he is, and oh, no, he's not, and all this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think with this episode, it's it's one of those things we will call a Marmite episode. Mm. I think you absolutely get on board with this, or you just don't like oh, it at all. Let me tell you, I've been reading some internet comments. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and But this, the more I sort of like read like the, the negative ones, which are vitriolic mm. i mean especially about a certain scene at the end which i can sort of give them that but if you sort of like if you've been watching this episode you, you know why is how this ends such an affront do you mean you've, you've gotten through you know 40 odd minutes of this silly sort of camp fluff and then you get that bit, and then everybody's like, oh, it's the worst episode ever. Oh, my God, Stephen Moffat. Oh, even though it's Mark Gatiss who wrote it. But, yes. um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think with, with this sort of episode, and it sort of reminded me of that other Gatiss um, episode, the most recent one, the Crimson Horror, mm-hmm. it's like you kind of get on board with the camp and sort of the jokes and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, or you don't, and it doesn't yeah. work for you. And I think that that's not necessarily the show's fault, no. but I think that the the main complaint about things like that is I want Doctor Who, I want to take Doctor Who seriously as a show, mm-hmm. But episodes like this it, it make it hard for some fans to to kind of get on board with this because it sort of it seems like it's trying to go straight for that kid vote. Mm. When again, I will say the thing that I always come back to with Doctor Who, and it's a family show in mm. that everyone from eight to eighty is meant to be able to enjoy it. Mm. So if you go properly serious all the time you're going to turn off the kids if you're silly all the time the adults don't want to know about it Mm -hmm. so it's good once in a while to have one of these episodes to kind of you know sort of lighten the tone up a bit and Mm. just sort of be a romp and an adventure and i you know i'm fine with that as a concept yeah yeah let's talk a bit about tom riley oh i thought he was really good and i thought that you know he was kind of did that massive kind of cheesy mm-hmm. sort of um it, thing that i when i watch his performance you remember the episode of blackadder the third where you have <laughs> the actors come yeah. and talk to prince george about acting heroically <laughs> and they're oh before you start 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 acting all that sort of thing that's what it reminded me of yeah. <laughs> um and i don't know if they sort of deliberately made his beard look a bit like it was stuck on Hmm. To sort of give the impression that yeah. it was he wasn't a real person or a robot. Yeah. Um, but I think that yeah, I thought he was very good, and I think that um, it's it must be quite difficult to get sort of the level of pathos he actually got into the episode. Actually, the, hmm. the sort of the two big incidents are like sort of right at the end where he talks to the Doctor about being legends and heroes, hmm. and the bit where Clara sort of calls him out on his constant laughing and yeah. you know laughing too <laughs> easy, and he's actually you know quite a hurt person yeah i think he brought you know a lot of that i thought he brought a lot of empathy to a character that could have been really irritating yeah and you know actually sort of when the doctor was sort of him and the doctor kind of descended into kind of this sort of snippy kind Mm -hmm. of sibling like arguing i thought he really held his own against capaldi and i thought you sort of can't ask for any more than that from a a guest character (laughs) yeah um but just again capaldi just... The man is um, the man has been beamed down from Doctor Who heaven mm. to deliver us all. Um, he's, do you know what? I was really like, I wasn't sure how well he was going to do at kind of this lighter stuff because mm. Capaldi's skill obviously lies in being a proper dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. So the stuff where he has to be like dead serious mm-hmm. is, you know, is his bread and butter, mm-hmm. so to speak. So of course he's going to do that stuff well, but how? how well can he do the stuff where he has to be more light? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the snark was out of control and I loved it. <laughs> just, I mean, he's, he's like, I mean, his humor is a bit like mine and it's just straight, dry, sarcastic <laughs> kind of, and I really appreciated some of that stuff. I loved it. Yeah. And do people ever punch you in the face? <laughs> yeah, I really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I must admit, I mean, again, I was watching this in a sort of a group with some friends around at our house and, mm. Yeah, that definitely got a few kind of giggles and yeah, but I mean the fact that he was again, it's what's been quite nice actually mm. is sort of this fir- these first three stories. So we're a quarter of the way through the season already. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sob. 
cry rend clothes <laughs> it's sort of been like a little mini arc for this new doctor mm. in the he, in every of these episodes his kind of assumptions have been challenged mm-hmm. and his he started off adamant about something right at the beginning of the when we first see him mm-hmm. and then as the episode has progressed he's changed yeah and i really really appreciate that as a as a sort of a long-term viewer of doctor who mm-hmm. the thing that i fundamentally love about the doctor and the show is that the Doctor is something like 2,000 years old, but he's always learning. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I really appreciate the fact that he's he's taken something new on board and he's learned something new about himself and mm-hmm. he's learned something new about the universe at the end of every of these episodes. And yeah, I really think that's a, a really nice little mini arc for the Doctor if it sort of ends here. Mm-hmm. Then I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... It was always like I always kind of liked how Capaldi sort of like even up to maybe it's the very end. Even this when like he's saying his goodbyes to Robin Hood, there's still a little bit of this is playing of the Doctor where he still is like can't quite. There's even though he's sort of like come to accept that Robin's actually is actually a real person, um, but there's still a little bit about it about his like is is how he plays it. Which still, we still sort of like, he doesn't want us to like admit that he's wrong. Do you no. know what I mean? I mean, it's obviously we got that in deep breath. You know, it's like, hey, being wrong in public, everybody can pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I think what's what's kind of interesting is how, obviously he's got like, he's had like some Tom Pegg moments. He gets a John Pertwee moment in here when he breaks out the Venusian Aikido, which was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that did make me giggle. <laughs> I mean, I mean, although um, I I said about the end of last episode that Mark Gatiss sort of said, you know, I think Androids of Tara for mm. this one. I was really in kind of a time warrior place with this yeah. one. Yeah, that's that's very fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there was a mu- mu- a lot less of people shouting "Buy my sword" and things like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I say, I mean, but like uh, like we say, with Capaldi to sort of you're as with him when he's being serious mm-hmm. as you are with him sword fighting Robin with a spoon. I mean, there's not a lot of people you could you could ask to do that and everyone be 100% on board with it at the end and you know what more can you ask for from the man mm. but I mean the sort of like um, when he sort of says things like I'm not a hero there's this mm. sort of bit of that bit of his characterization which is kind of like making me like think of him as like the first Doctor like he's the first Doctor 2.0 yes very much so yeah yeah, he sort of he, he wants to kind of almost he he seems like he obviously he's struggling still with this idea of when I help in inverted commas am I mm. making things worse or mm. am I actually a force for good you know yeah. so he seems to be very against this whole idea of being held up on a pedestal because mm. all he can see in himself is faults yeah but obviously having the encounter with Robin hopefully sort of changes that idea that or a bit that why he may not be perfect if mm-hmm. people have the idea of him and admire him for that idea mm-hmm. then you know the whole idea you know an idea is is something you can't kill yeah um that people will be so invested in that idea and him as a sort of a an icon mm-hmm. that they will go and do great things in his name yeah which you know i think is again obviously that some of the criticism of Deep Breath was that, you know, this obviously is quite hammered on, this mm-hmm. idea that it's not particularly subtle. But um, again, I'm I'm sort of fine with that. And, you know, I think that it's useful for us as fans to remember as well. Yeah. Jenna Coleman. 
I really loved her in this episode. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought she again for the third episode on a, in a, on the spin has been extremely good. Yeah. Um, I was a bit like, oh, she was going to meet Robin Hood. Why not Marcus Aurelius, who mm-hmm. is someone who keeps coming up in um, <laughs> her storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I I did sort of I really enjoyed that moment where she steps out of the TARDIS and she's in that dress which she looks stunning in, by mm-hmm. the way, and. Um, she sort of sees Robin and just sort of giggles, and I was like, "I really, into, I really like that." You know, it's I mean, it's so easy for these companions to kind of, you know, because they're from the twenty first century and they can be a bit cynical about everything. Mm. But you know, just to be like delighted by yeah what she's seeing, I, I did enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And um, when she's getting quote unquote interrogated by the sheriff of Nottingham, how she just so easily plays him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. And, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing about, you know, next Derby and she comes out with, oh, where was it? She said. Workshop. Workshop. Oh, man. <laughs> I laughed and laughed. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, you get the little reveal. I mean, again, people complain about it being too London centric. You've got, I think, one of the first companions in the common, the, the newest era, mm-hmm. apart from Amy, who isn't from London. Yeah. Because it implies that, like Jenna Coleman in real life, she's from Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and say Ben Miller as mm. the Sheriff of Nottingham. I actually, I was quite nervous about this because all sheriffs of Nottingham must <laughs> suffer by comparison to Alan Rickman. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he sort of didn't go that kind of full mad yeah. kind of approach to it. But, I mean, again, he was cast as the baddie and he kind of, you know... <laughs> I, I love the fact that the story was like just really lay on thick, like in the arrow in the archery tournament, all his arrows are completely black, mm-hmm. even all the <laughs> feathers and all that sort of thing. So just in case you weren't sure that he was evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah just in case. I mean, you know, and all the leather gloves and the big kind of the evil beard and all this sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I I really sort of I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I think it would be really easy to sort of go out too much with that performance or not enough or make him too scary or, you know, too fluffy. But mm. I think he hit it sort of right where it wanted to be. Yeah, just just, just the, the, the right level of, sort of evil bastardry. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially when he, like, runs the... Uh, I think Quail, his name was. When he just runs him through, just like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, whatever sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I will say that I think this is a good time to bring up the edit that happened in this country. Yeah. So what happened was in the I mean, I don't know if any of our listeners who don't live in the UK can tell us if they saw this scene. But at the end, there is a decapitation of the sheriff of Nottingham, Mm -hmm. who is revealed to be a robot. He puts his head back on and then he's sort of plunging the gold and tries to get out and dies. Right. Mm -hmm. Sort of Terminator style. But in this country, that whole the whole bit of the beheading was cut or edited out of the the story because um, of what had happened previously with the two journalists who've been beheaded by um, IS. Mm -hmm. And literally days before the episode went out, there was a murder in North London Mm -hmm. that involved a beheading also. So it was decided that this scene would be excised. Mm -hmm. So I know that... I don't know if it's going to be the same in all of the countries who who've got this episode or not but i mean i presume there will be some sort of director's cut on the dvd and we'll get to see this scene put back in i mean i understand why they thought it was appropriate to do but Mm. having sort of seen people say you know it's gonna you're not gonna understand the episode when it's gone i was like nah it's probably just a little kind of throwaway Mm -hmm. whatever but i was quite surprised it was kind of an instrumental 
scene like that mm. because that fully confirms that the sheriff is a robot where he yeah with that, it's just implied yeah um if he if he'd maybe like taken some other damage during the fight like yeah say, like his arm had fallen off or something yeah it's like been slashed across the chest or something then yeah but at the same time when i watched it i didn't so like didn't really sort of i knew it had been cut yeah but it was like it didn't really i didn't like miss it do you know what I mean? Me neither. I mean, that was the first thing. I turned around to um, to Chuck after the episode was finished, and he said, well, I didn't see where that cut would have been. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, it was fine, and, you know, I appreciate why the BBC felt like mm. they needed to make that cut. And, you know, in six months' time when we get the DVD, I mean, I hope it's either there as an extra or a put fully back into the episode so mm-hmm. we can we can see it as it was intended to go out initially. But... As as it was broadcast, it was okay. I mean, you got the story anyway. Yeah. So I think maybe we should uh, come to uh, the Dinamon with the Golden Arrow. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that... I mean, the one thing, as someone who used to work, who spent most of her career with money handling mm-hmm. and handling things that are made of gold, gold is much heavier than you think it is. <laughs> and that arrow would have landed in front of them about six foot away. <laughs> Because that thing would have weighed nine pounds Mm -hmm. if it was purely gold, Mm -hmm. not just gold plate. Yeah, but I mean, do you know what? You've just, as I always say with things when people say, oh, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. You just happily sat and watched the adventures (laughs) of a man who got here in a magical blue box Mm -hmm. that travels through time and space with robots Mm -hmm. and arms falling off and explosions Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. And now, you know, the gold, the old golden shot sort of <laughs> threw you out of it. I mean, yes, it was silly, but the whole episode was silly. Yeah, but I mean, the, uh, again, as, as, as I said at the top of the show, the amount of people who just lost their shit over it. Mm. It's like, oh, really? It's like, oh, come on now. I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I understand that, you know, I, because there's a, a there's a notorious thread on Gallifrey Base, which mm-hmm. is the bloopers and, and mistakes thread. Mm-hmm. And most of those, uh, I mean, most of that thread was about this, you know, mm. the arrow. But I mean, you know, it's such an inconsequential thing to lose your shit over if it really mm. threw yeah. you out of it so that much. I feel like there were some people who were waiting for something to whinge about with the episode. And that was kind of the thing that they've, you know, just mm. picked up and, you know, have gone crazy about. Yeah. In sort of the, in, in the sphere of Gatiss episodes, mm-hmm. kind of where would you... Where would you rate it in the in the Gatiss Pantheon? Mm, that's a good question. I'll say I will just bring up a list of his stories though, because yes. I mean I, I will. Um, I don't know, kind of offhand, exactly which. Well, Unquiet Dead, Idiot Slanton. Yeah. Uh, did he? Oh, uh, Lazarus, was Lazarus Experiment his, or was that? He was just he, he was no, in he, it. it. But hang on a second. I'm trying to remember if he wrote it or not. My Gatiss food is failing me. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm looking it up because I always I will forget one always. Okay, so six episodes: uh, Unquiet Dead, mm-hmm. Idiot's Lantern, mm-hmm. uh, Victory of the Daleks, yeah, Night Terrors, yes, or contribute to cold Night Terrors, mm-hmm. Cold War, mm-hmm. and the Crimson Horror. Right. Oh, so it's... I mean, for me, it sort of goes with. It goes. It sort of. It's sort of a companion piece of the the Crimson Horror for me. This one, mm. in terms of just full tilt camp snark yeah. silliness. You know, it, it, it's a departure for Gates to do something that isn't kind of gaslit horror, mm-hmm. or you know, kind or sort of very 
secretly messed up families or something like that, which is kind yeah. of its bread and butter, to kind of to step away from that and go to Robin Hood. Mm. It's it's kind of a nice little departure, and you know it, it's not full horror either, which yeah. is his other you know <laughs> his big standard. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I sort of put it with the Crimson Horror in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to like think of of like of I don't know if this is his best one. I think. No, I mean, for me, I'm I'm a big fan of the Crimson Horror mm, okay. because you know it's so it's just cheese and the Paternoster Gang and is mm. his kind of his comfort zone in sort of Penny Dreadful Victorian. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like it. I mean, I did also like Cold War, even though it was just Alien slash Predator on a Russian so, boat. Uh, yeah. So, I'm quite dead. I can take or leave. I'm, you know, I must say, mm-hmm. not not sort of not I'm quite dead. I do like it, but it's sort of early episode weirdness sort of mm. thing. And Idiot's Lantern is very is is quite average story for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would put it in that sort of wheelhouse. I still think I can, this might sound weird, but I I always like Victory of the Daleks. I, I mean, again, I I like it more than a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, like that episode, but mostly because of Winston Churchill and <laughs> the Doctor being crazy and threatening people with jammy dodgers and. You know all that sort of stuff. I, I, again, it, it's something that I mm. think he can only re- only really he can get away with writing, and that it yeah. gets it gets on the screen. Yeah. So, how about the scores? Okay, scores on the doors with this one. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first two of the series, mm-hmm. but again, I did enjoy it. So it's it's a reluctant six because I mm-hmm. scored the other ones at seven. Yeah, um, I would give it about the same. Actually, I mean, it's it's you know, it doesn't add anything over, overall to the series, but it, it's you know, I'd, I'd watch it if I had like a spare I mean, hour. I mean, because next week looks pretty heavy, I Ooh. must say. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's nice to have a bit of fluff. But uh, like I say, we've we've now gone through a quarter of the series, so three right. of out of the twelve, and I think we've had three back to back really solid, enjoyable episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't really ask for anything much more than that. Um, The the viewing figures have been consistently good. Mm -hmm. The AI has been consistently good. Capaldi's getting raves across the board. Jenna Coleman's Clara has actually really stepped up in these last three episodes. Oh, definitely. And I think that it's, from what I'm seeing online as well, Mm -hmm. um, people are really kind of starting to, after desperately trying to sort of get get in touch with this character and grab onto anything, Mm -hmm. people are starting to get on board with her character. And I think, you know, it's good because Jenna Coleman Mm -hmm. deserves that as an actress because she's really very good, I think. And yeah, I think that it's really nice that people are warming up to her finally. I can't agree more. So, if you'd like to tell us what you thought about uh, Robot of Sherwood, you could email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com. Also, you can uh, go to our Facebook page. Emma, tell us about that, would you please? Yep, just now I've finished my tea. Uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, come over to Facebook uh, in the search bar. Just put Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast. It'll pop up with us. Uh, Jot something on rule. Give us a like. All of that lovely Facebook stuff. Did I throw you off there for a second? I do apologise. No, it's all right. It's just I thought, oh, I'll just drink my tea while it before it goes cold. And you just said something about Facebook, and I was like, oh god, that's my line. (laughs) Um, Also, if you want to keep around 140 characters, you can tweet us at Greatest Show Pod. And while you're on the Sims Syndicated Network, please do check out our other shows. It's Starbase 66, Tom and Trivia War, 9000, Movies You Should See, uh, Crimes Against Food, even if you like. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Also, do check out Little Part of Horrors, our newest uh, stable mate. And um, with that being said, thanks very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And we shall talk to you next time.